Goody will drive. Left-handed flush over the top of Kepnang. Pull back, step back, three. Bottom! Mavericks, it's short. Tip back in. Weaver got it. Yes! Neely, the handoff. Jones for the tie. Oh, no. oh he's down! And one! Presents itself with what you got to take. You can't. It's knocked away. Still loose. Doherty the heave. Oh, my God! Welcome to the Straight Out of Whack podcast. What's up, everybody? It is Tuesday afternoon here in the great state of Utah. A little chilly today. Um, it's been pretty cold the last couple of weeks or so. I know everybody around the country is probably pretty cold. Daryl, you might not be very, very cold, but uh, it has been chilly. I know there was a storm that came through California this last week. Were you affected by any of that? Wasn't too bad. Um... It poured pretty good coming home from my uh, high school first round game on uh, was that Wednesday last week. But other than that, it wasn't too terribly bad. Okay, all right, that's good to hear. I saw there was some flooding in like San Diego, that area maybe um, on the coast. So good to good to hear that you weren't too affected by that. Anyways, uh, we got some mailbag questions today. We've gonna talk just some maybe some games to watch this weekend. Uh, there's a big one on Saturday uh, in. Riverside that we'll talk. We won't break down today. We'll do that a little bit later this week. Um, but we're going to talk about some games that we like. Uh, if you haven't yet, go check out our Substack. The women's basketball newsletter came out today, just barely about 38 minutes ago. Daryl broke down uh, ACU women uh, sweeping their home stand this past week. Uh, UT Arlington, the Lady Mavs, Rika Wright's crew sweeping SFA in the season series. Really well done. Uh, there's also, you know, update on the on the Seattle U Redhawks getting their second win under Skyler Young. A road win, too, at Tarleton this past week. Um, the weekly awards, Chloe Webb winning another WAC Player of the Week. G. Adams being the newcomer of the week. I believe that's the second week in a row that both of those have won that award. Is that right, Daryl? Yeah, I basically like I put it in the newsletter. It's deja vu again on the women's side. Yeah. Um, they're both playing really well. I mean, Adams has really kind of in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so um, I think Chloe Webb, depending on what happens down down the stretch, I think she might be the player of the year. Um, there's nobody really performing at the level that she is this year, the CBU guard. Uh, and she's had to take on a bigger role with Chloe Lemon out and with Grace Schmidt out for the season. Lemon is expected, hopefully expected to be back this week. Uh, when the Lancers take on Utah Valley and then host Grand Canyon on Saturday. So um, he also answered some fan questions, so go read about those on the Substack, whackhoopsnation.substack.com. Make sure you subscribe so you get the newsletter in your inbox daily, Monday through Friday, um, and get all the information updated from the Western Athletic Conference. So uh, let's get to something that came out today. I'm not sure how it'll affect women's basketball. But there was a uh, an article written on Yahoo Sports today that quoted the commissioner of the Big 12, and it still makes me mad right now, Daryl. It still makes me mad. Uh, in the article, it states, in the meeting with Baker commissioners, these are power four commissioners from the Big 10, SEC, ACC, Big 12, were transparent about their desire for more access in a 68-team field 
that includes 32 automatic qualifying spots, 27 of which go to non-power leagues. Then the Big 12 commissioner is quoted, I want to see the best teams competing for a national championship, no different than the Big 10 and SEC want to see in football. I'm not sure that is currently happening. So earlier this year, it was determined that the automatic qualifier bids to the NIT were gone. We're going to be taken away, right? It's now basically an at-large selection. So if GCU was to win the regular season title on the men's side, they don't win the WAC tournament. They don't get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. They don't automatically have a ticket to the NIT like in years past because they want to get they changed it because Fox Sports was trying to put on a postseason tournament that was just going to be power conference teams. Now the NIT basically telling mid-majors, you're not welcome. And here it is, commissioners pushing for the NCAA tournament to be expanded, the best tournament in all of sports. There is no denying that, okay? It is very – it was 64 teams. They brought it up to 68 teams. It's been perfect, okay? It's not a perfect science in who gets in, but it's perfectly designed for Cinderella stories, for opportunities for teams to win games, okay? They want to expand it so they can get more of their teams in, these power conferences. Teams that didn't earn the right to be there because they want more money, plain and simple. Right, Daryl? Like, that's what this is all about. It's about money. Um, I believe in the article it said, I'm going back into it here. It said, um, let me scroll down here, guys, to the, to the, to the, to the segment of it. Um, so... As part of the tournament television deal with CBS and Turner running through 2032, the NCAA distributes annually annually around $700 million to its schools, both in base amounts and in units earned through advancing in the event. The five major football conferences plus basketball power Big East normally earn earn most of the more than $200 million worth of incentive units for wins in the tournament. For instance, those six conferences were responsible for winning around 70% of the available units last year. So they're already winning 70% of the available units per year, $200 million plus dollars, and they want more. I am so, and I know there's tons of others who are not a fan of this idea, and they can see the greed that is coming out of these conferences. I tell you what, they've already tried to change. They're trying to change the college football playoff. College World Series is still intact for now on both the softball and baseball aspects. If they mess with this NCAA tournament and expand it even more, College sports as we know it, I, I think, is out the door, right? Like, it's just crazy what's going on. It's insanity. I mean, 
whatever happened to the idea of if you're good enough, you're good enough to get in, and these power four or five conferences can't accept that their middle to lower third teams just aren't good enough. Yeah. To, to, you know, get into the the NIT last year, Daryl. Think about the NIT. Who are the final four teams? Three of them were mid majors. Now, the argument has been made that, you know, if you don't get the power conference teams, you're not going to get the fan bases to travel and all that other stuff. Who cares? I shouldn't say who cares. There's people that care. But, like, the UAB-Utah Valley game was fantastic. North Texas and Wisconsin. North Texas held Wisconsin without a point for, like, the final nine minutes of that ball game. Like, this is good basketball. Do Does a mid-major win the NCAA tournament? Rate? No, but again, you had FAU as a mid-major last year, and you had San Diego State as a mid-major last year in the Final Four. And San Diego State went to the national title game. Sure, UConn ran all over them, but like, why are we taking away from this when these are great stories? These are part of the history of this tournament that's going to be destroyed because of these greedy commissioners. And I don't know if it's just commissioners or if it's the presidents of the universities or it's the ADs, whatever. It's just, it's ruining college sports. The greed that you have to have more money and more money and more. Like, Well, you know, you look at everything else that's gone on this year, the, the new realignment cycle that basically turns the big 12 and the big 10 into the big 25 for lack of a better term. It's all over one sport. It's all over football money. Yeah. And, and okay, let's let's call a spade a spade. Football funds an awful lot of athlete, parts of an athletic department. But it's sad to see the Pac-12 completely dissolve over football realignment. Yeah. And, and, and which comes down to the almighty dollar. So it is power four and five commissioners and ADs and presidents going after the extra dollar at the expense of the mid-major. Yeah. Th- those NCAA tournament shares that the mid-major schools win, win, those fund an awful lot of things at a mid-major school. Yeah. It's the yeah. equivalent of guarantee games. It's extra money on top of guarantee games. And if you take away NCAA tournament shares, then mid-major schools are going to have to find more guarantee games. And and will the P, P4 and P5s want to play extra guarantee games? No. They, it's hard enough already. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, watching UMBC upset 16 seed Virgi- or one seed Virginia, the first 16 seed to ever win a game in the NCAA tournament. You know, watching other upsets occur. Like, it, it's that's what is great about college basketball or college sports for that matter. And now, what these commissioners are basically telling the world is we don't want to give the mid majors any more money. We want it all to ourselves. We want it to spread among our conferences and our teams because these other teams don't deserve it. Yes, they do deserve it. They won their conference tournaments or they won their conferences. They earned the right to be there. And don't tell me that, let's say for GCU's sake this year, a 29-2 and team doesn't deserve to play in the NCAA tournament. Like, I'm so – and I know I saw the quotes and I saw people reacting to it. 
Everybody feels the same way. Don't do anything with the NCAA tournament. There's no need to. But we all know that they don't listen to people and they just do what they think is best, which money dictates a lot of things. And I'm going to leave it at that because it gets me heated. And it makes it, it. I asked somebody today if there's going to be. Um, I asked somebody if there's going to be at some point there's going to be a separate basketball tournament for the Power Four conferences and everyone else. And hopefully, the non-power conference, the non-power conferences, band together and shut this garbage down. Because that's exactly what it is. It's garbage. And if you can't band together to shut this down, then maybe you deserve what comes in losing a piece of the pie. Like, I, I just think that you have to band together as a non-power conference to say enough is enough. Like, you can have your money, but we're not disbanding this NCAA tournament because that's what we all work for every single year. Every single year in every single sport, that's the goal. And, you know, they if they want to shut the power conferences out or the mid-majors out, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, it's basically saying it's like the cool kids table at school. Yeah. It's like you're saying the mid-major conferences, no matter how good your basketball is, you don't belong at the cool kids table. Yeah. I'm sorry, GCU, if they finish 29-2 and two on the men's side, they belong at the cool kids table. Well, just think about this, Daryl. The Mountain West, there's talks that they can get six teams in the NCAA tournament right now. They're not considered one of the power four conferences, right? So they're going to get more teams most likely in the NCAA tournament than the ACC, which is considered a power four conference, and the Pac-12 this year, which will be disbanded next year. What does that say? Like that it, – I don't know. I have a tough time with this, and it bothers me so much that this is even being discussed. But we knew it was coming. We know that the rich want to get richer. And it, it, in all aspects, you know, college athletics is becoming a professional sports league in and of itself. Um, and that's another discussion for another day. So we'll leave that. But not a fan of what was said by the Big 12 commissioner today in the reported article. And uh, hopefully, like I said, the mid-major conferences come together and say, no, this is not happening, um, that we're not going to ruin the NCAA men's, bas men's and women's basketball tournaments, right? So we'll leave it at that. We're going to take a quick break, um, and then we'll come back and talk about – what did I say we were talking about today, Daryl? We were going to talk about the mailbag questions that I put out, uh, the requests I put out. We're going to talk about the questions that came in when we come back in 30 seconds. Wack Vegas is back. The best fans, championship basketball, all in exciting Las Vegas. Join us March 13th through the 16th at the Orleans Arena for the 2024 Hercules Tires Wack Basketball Tournament. Don't miss the crowning of a men's and women's champion. For more information, go to waxsports.com slash Vegas. All right, yeah, waxsports.com slash Vegas. All session tickets are on sale right now, so that means that you um, can buy tickets for, 
Well, it says all sessions. So I need to go back and look. I had this the other day when it came out. I believe it was yesterday, excuse me, that it came out. So I want to just make sure, guys, so I give you the right information while we're waiting on this podcast episode. Um, yeah, so give me just a second here. Let's look at these all-session tickets. You go to Ticketmaster.com to purchase these all-session tickets. Um, so... It's loading seats. They're just for general admission. Just wanted to throw that out there. You're not specified a seat. Um, the all session package is what it says. Um, we got general admission. It is $150 for an all session package right now on Ticketmaster. That means that you get Wednesday. Let's see. Let me open this up. Um, it says eight events included. Not sure what that means. Anyways, but all session means that you would get access to every game starting on. Uh, it looks like general mission. They assign the seats afterwards. So. Uh, yeah, going back to this, you get, it says eight events included. That means you get access to every single game for $150 at the WAC tournament. Yeah, good times. There are 16 games total. No, I take that back, Daryl. 4, 8, 12, that's what, 14 games? Yes. What is that? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 4, 8, 12. And then Saturday, two is 14. 14 games, 14 games. There's my math. You get access to it all for $150 for an individual ticket. Anyways, again, waxsports.com slash Vegas. You find a link for those all session tickets. Not sure when the single game tickets go on sale. I would assume that's after the games are finally figured out the brackets put together. So we'll see. Anyways. Let's talk about these mailbag questions that came in. There were some good ones today. I was pretty happy about the response I got this morning. I need to go find my link for it. Uh, here we go. Let's start off with some questions here. Okay. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. So I'm going to go with the first one that came in. Uh who makes the whack? Who makes the men's tournament? Ooh, this is a good question. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say I don't know. I just don't know. I think Grand Canyon, Charlton, California Baptist, Stephen F. Austin, UT Arlington, Seattle U, all make it. After that, those that's what, six teams? The other two spots, I have no clue. I I will say this. I don't think UTRGV gets in on the men's side. I just don't. Um, Utah Tech is at six and seven. They have a one-game lead over Utah Valley, um, who is at five and eight. And in eighth, Southern Utah is at four and nine. Um, and then Abilene Christian is at three and nine. Utah Valley plays at Southern Utah on Saturday. Uh, Utah Valley is also at California Baptist on Thursday. 
Southern Utah plays host to Seattle U on Thursday, and then, like I said, Utah Valley on Saturday. I don't know, Daryl, who's going to get that eighth spot, that seven and eight spots, because Utah Tech, um, they go to GCU on Thursday, and then they go to they host Seattle U on Saturday. So I have no idea. Those bottom five teams on the men's side, um, I can't answer that question, who makes the men's tournament, because I can give you five teams that I think are going to – or six teams that I think are going to be in for sure. But the other two, it's such a toss-up between four teams because they're so close. They're like – that's and my they all thought. have had to head games left against each other, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I broke that down in one of the newsletters that they all have games against each other left. Unlike on the women's side where, like, the last – those four teams fighting each other – mostly have gotten rid of their matchups against the top uh, top half of the league, but they still have to battle each other still. Yeah, and to answer – I mean, you, answer, you asked about the men's team. We're going to just – the men's teams – men's tournament, excuse me. So we'll we'll talk about the women's tournament too. Grand Canyon, California Baptists are, gonna, are already in. They clinched. Stephen F. Austin, Utah Tech, UT Arlington, and I'm going to say Abilene Christian. Those six are already in. Um, or they they will be in for sure, I feel like. But then again, you have a mess at the bottom of the league. UTRGV at four and eight, Tarleton at four and nine, Southern Utah four and nine, Utah Valley three and ten, Seattle U at two and eleven. Who knows what they could do? They have seven games left, and because they're only two games back of UTRGV, Tarleton, Southern Utah for that A spot, you never know what could happen. But that's what's crazy, Daryl. We're going to be talking more about this race for number eight than we are for the regular season the titles. Yeah, or the regular yeah, season the title. All of that. Yeah, like th- that's what's crazy. We're going to be paying more attention to that. Maybe that's what they wanted, the discussion about who earns that final spot at WAC Vegas. So to answer your question, six teams on both the men and the women that I think are in. The last two spots are still up for grabs because there's four or five teams on both sides that aren't going to get there. So, or that are in the mix. Let's just put it that way. Anyways, let's go to the next question here. It's kind of a one, two, three, four, four part question. Um, again, these are mostly for the men's, but we can break it down in the women's too. Uh, this question is who has the best chance to upset GCU? Is there a dark horse team? Most underperforming team, most surprising team. I'll go first with the men. Um, who has the best chance to upset GCU? Well, we've seen Seattle U do it, and they almost did it a second time. We saw UT Arlington almost do it twice, which they should have done it twice. Um, I don't know. That's a great question because GCU, their men's team plays so well at Orleans Arena. Like, they are almost unstoppable there. The only team to ever beat the GCU men's basketball team in the WAC tournament is no longer in the WAC. So the odds are stacked against teams in the Western Athletic Conference to knock off the defending champions. I'm going to say UT Arlington simply because they have led against GCU late in both teams this year. 
And I'm going to say Seattle U because they have the guards that can score and they have the size. So those are my two teams that have the best chance to knock off GCU. Dark horse team, Tarleton. I know they're nine and three in, in whack play, and we won't even we we can't really say they're dark horse team, but in the WAC tournament, even though they don't have they're not eligible to go to the NCAA tournament, the way that Joseph Jones and those Texans have been playing, dark horse team to win the WAC tournament. It's just they have the guards that can play. If Keandre Gaddy stays out of foul trouble, they're really good. So um, they just went to Utah Valley and Seattle U and won both games. Um, they host Grand Canyon on the 22nd. They go to UT Arlington this week. Uh, so we'll get to know a lot more about Tarleton this week um, over the next week or so. Um, most underperforming team, Adeline Christian. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, Adeline Christian. Uh, with Arian Simmons, Manny Allen, um, Cam Steele, Ali Deba, Hunter Jack Madden, all of those guys back. The Obetio, um, all those guys back, and then they added Aiden Egehan from GCU, a little bit more size. They're they're underperforming big time. They're three and nine in whack play right now. Um, they just got smoked at Utah Valley uh, on Saturday. Um, it hasn't been pretty for the Wildcats, and they're the underperforming, most underperforming team for me. And didn't ACU's men beat Oklahoma State to start the season? If memory yeah. serves. Oklahoma, they beat Oklahoma State to open the season. Yep. Everybody thought they were going to do big things. And they even beat San Jose State, too, down there in their MTE. And after getting blown out by Missouri State in the title game, things have kind of fallen apart for Brett Tanner's crew. They should be – I mean, they had SFA beat, uh, but, I mean, they lost two – Southern Utah at home, uh, they just haven't played well. So ACU definitely, you know, as much as I love Brett Tanner and uh, Single Boone and those guys at ACU, they're the most underperforming team, and I'm pretty sure they would all tell you the same thing. Uh, most surprising team, uh, we'll go back to Tarleton. You know, they lose their head coach in mid-November, right before they go out to California for the SoCal Challenge. Joseph Jones takes over as interim head coach. Uh, they were two and two at that point. They're fifteen and five under Joseph Jones. Um, they are ten and three. That's ten and three in whack play. Um, like I said, they just went to Utah Valley and Seattle U and beat them. Two of the losses were on the road at CBU and at GCU. Uh, so, and then they had a weird home loss to Southern Utah. I don't know how that happened, uh, but they lost Southern Utah at home. So. Uh, Tarleton, 100% is that surprising team with what they've done. And Joseph Jones will be in the mix, depending on what happens down the stretch here, will be in the mix for Coach of the Year. No denying that. So I hope that answered those four questions from you, Trey. Good questions. Great questions. Um, Alan Easterling, per WAC resume seating. Actually, let's go to the women. Daryl, let's talk about the women on that. Best chance... I don't want to say to upset GCU because GCU hasn't won the WAC and CBU is leading in the resume seating system right now. So maybe who has the best chance outside of those two to maybe win the WAC tournament? Um, to win the tourney? That, boy, howdy. Um, UT Arlington's been playing well late. Um, 
to win, I'm going to say this, to win the WAC tourney, you probably need to have that Wednesday off. You're not going to win, you know, what is it, three games in four days. Um, so five, six, seven, and eight, whoever those ends up being, I just, I'm not sure about their, the ability of those teams to win three games in four days. Um, I, I would, I will give you Utah Arlington to UT Arlington to watch. I will give you Utah tech to watch. If SFA can put it together and they had a really disappointing week last week with losses to UTRGB in Edinburgh and then getting swept the, you know, losing in Avery Birdingham's return to Nagadocious. If the Lady Jacks can put it together for, you know, four days, they can do it. But I, I'm beginning to think it's, this is a two-horse race. Yeah. I, I would say Utah Tech, but, man, they're so banged up. And, you know, they got some bad news, uh, you know, last week. Um, Macy Warren is out for the season, another knee injury. Uh, that's why they were saying, you know, play for two when they were, you know, posting on Instagram prior to their CBU game. Uh, just devastating, devastating blow. You know, they already lost Emily Isaacson um, earlier, you know, before the season even started, she was out. And then uh, Amber Carson has been out with an injury. I mean, it's just been injury after injury for Utah Tech. And, you know, I would I would have said that they would have had the best chance had they not been so banged up. But because they're so banged up, it's just such a different, different look. Um I'm with you with UT Arlington. I think they're coming together, and they got size. Uh, I, I really like what Shriek Red's team is doing. You know, they had that that near miss against CBU at College Park Center, and then they go on the road and beat SFA. So uh, they play with a lot of pace. I like their pace. Um, they they get up and down the floor. So I think yeah, I think do. you're right. UT Arlington probably has the best shot if it's not going to be CBU or, or GCU. Utah Tech is kind of waiting in the wings, and if they can light it up from three, who knows what happens when you get hot, right? Like, I, I think those two, you, those are good points. So, and then uh, we, the biggest thing for UT Arlington, they've got to get over the the low scoring struggles against GCU. What they scored thirty five points in Phoenix yeah, a couple they didn't weeks play back. Well at all. But other than that, well. they've played really well. They've been in their games. They haven't been blown out by anybody. Other than the Lopes, so I, yeah, I, I think they're the best chance. Utah Tech, ACU, if you really want to go into the dark horse column, but yeah, but know, what will they be like without their point guard now that Aspen Thornton's in the in the portal? So that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's move on. Uh, Alan has this question: Per whack resume seating, Tarleton and Seattle men's basketball are two and three. They have by far the worst facilities in the WAC. Are facilities overrated and or overvalued? No, they're not overrated. It's just a simple fact of the matter that teams that aren't used to playing in smaller arenas have a tough time adjusting. Plain and simple. Look at what GCU, SFA, UT Arlington, um, Utah Valley, California Baptist, uh, even UTRGV, what they've done now. Look and – ACU, like look at all these teams where they play at Utah Tech, Southern Utah, compared to the Red Hawk Center, compared to Wisdom Gym, which Wisdom Gym is going to be up, you know, they're building a whole new event center. So that's going to be gone soon. Maybe that home crowd or home court advantage is gone for the Tarletons after that. 
we've seen, you know, ACU played at Teague Center and didn't lose a game for like three years there while they were updating Moody Coliseum. And now at Moody Coliseum, it's a whole different ball game. It's not the same home court advantage, right? So um, it, it it's not overvalued or overrated. It is one of the biggest factors in college basketball. Look at Utah Valley. Look at Seattle U. How well they've done away from their home gyms. Tarleton, they lost their two of their three conference losses were away from Wisdom Gym. Uh, I mean, just, just think about that. Like, TCU lost to CLU at the Red Hawk Center. Well, think about the optics of playing in those facilities, too. Yeah. I mean, you have a 5,000-seat arena. Your backdrop is a sea of seats. Yep. You're playing in Wisdom Gym in the Red Hawk Center. Your backdrop is a, a wall, and then in the Red Hawk Center, was it four rows of seats back there? No, well, so there's – so at the Red Hawk Center, you have seats around the one side, and then on the basket where CLU finishes the game, it's just a big wall. Right, there's no seats there. Tarleton, there's a big wall on both ends. It's just the seats on two sides. Like it, it's not overvalued, it's not overrated. It is just what it is. It's a home court advantage. And they take advantage of it. Tarleton's so good at Wisdom Gym. Seattle used so good at the Red Hawk Center outside of you know the loss to Tarleton this past week. But these teams that have these different gyms, they take advantage of them. TCU hasn't lost a home game all season. Right, Utah Valley has been really good at the UCCU Center, SFA up and down at you know the sawmill. But when that place is rocking, they're they're really good. So, like, it's just, it's not overvalued or overrated. I think it's just one of those things where teams struggle playing in those smaller gyms because they're not used to it. So, that's just my thought on it. Uh, let's add uh, Jason Waters. Is the WAC and CUSA doing the scheduling initiative again next year? Um, and then he asks, is there a limit to grad students on a team? I They are doing the scheduling initiative next year. It'll be based on the net at the end of the season, where these teams are and how they, um, you know, are assigned their opponents. Uh, I was told that there's going to be a game in November and there's going to be one in December, all on the same weekend so that the games aren't, filtered out, you know, different dates and stuff. Every game is played around the same time next year uh, so people can pay attention a little bit more. Hopefully the market a little bit better, right, Daryl? Like, it was marketed really bad this past year. Yeah, absolutely. And the sad thing was the basketball was fantastic. Like, it was, there were so many great games. and On both sides. Yeah, so, like, market it better this year. I mean, I think there was, what, five um, overtime games or something like that? Yeah, there was, there was a lot. Yeah, there was, I mean, on the first night, SFA Middle Tennessee on the men's side went to overtime. Utah Valley Sam Houston went to overtime. So, and then, you know, uh, Tarleton won on the road. So it, it's just fantastic. Like, it's great. And Utah Tech uh, and Jacksonville State went to overtime. Like, there was just a ton. It's great basketball. Like, just leave it alone and market it because it's great basketball. Uh, is there a limit to grad students? I don't believe so. I'll have to research that. I didn't research that before answering these questions. So, I'm not 100% sure, Jason, on that question. But, yeah, it would be awesome if Tarleton could get Ja'Cory Smith, Keandre Gaddy, and Lou Williams back for one more year to see if they can make a run at the NCAA tournament, considering that the Texans are eligible for the NCAA tournament next year. Um, let's go to another question here. Who could be the sleeper team at the WAC tournament in a month? I think we already talked about that. Um 
does Utah Valley have a shooting problem or lack of stars problem for falling in the standings this year? Uh, I think it's a couple things. Um, new faces, new head coach, trying to figure it out. Um, different system, different maybe playing style. Haven't found the rhythm yet. Maybe they did in that ACU game because they that was probably their best game of the year on Saturday. Biggest thing is, is they haven't won on the road. Like that, that's a big thing. They haven't won on the road. They go through these massive scoring droughts late in the game, and it's causing them to lose ball games. So, um, I mean, that was what happened at SFA. It's what happened at Seattle U. It's what happened at UT Arlington. Um, they just go through these scoring droughts, and they got to figure it out. It's not a star power. They have some names: Drake Allen, Trevor Dorius, Caleb Stone, Carwell. Tanner Tulson's coming on. He's he's a redshirt freshman. People don't understand that he's young. So, um, you know, Osiris Grady is giving him good minutes. Ethan Potter has been playing well. So there's potential there. It's just a matter of closing out games, having someone step up and say, I need to make a basket, or we need to execute at a high level to finish the game. So that's my rant on Utah Valley. Like, they're better than what their record shows, but they got to finish games. And this week isn't going to be – friendly to the Wolverines. They go to, like I said, they go to California Baptist and then they go to Southern Utah on Saturday. Uh, the other question in that tweet, should the WAC consider joining the group of five in college sports so they don't keep losing schools every year? I don't know how you can. None of the schools that are in the WAC are ready for FBS football. And I don't know if there's going to be FBS football in the near future. Like it, it could be just completely separate and everybody could be back into one level under you know the same banner so i think patience is in order but also being proactive and researching what's going on what changes may need to be made um they probably are considering it but i mean none of the schools are ready and anybody that tells you that they are they're not um just look at what sam houston did last year or this past year in commerce he was saying the first year in fbs some schools are more ready than others but I don't know. I, I think we'll have to wait and see on that question. I, I just don't know because we don't know what the landscape of college athletics is going to look like in the next year or two. Right, Daryl? Like, it, oh, my camera went out. How long has that been out, Daryl? Like a minute. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, guys. I'll bring on my – I don't know where my camera went. Okay, that was weird. I don't know what happened there. Anyways, where was I? The uh, changing landscape of college athletics. Yeah, I mean the landscape of college. Let's let's start over. The landscape of college athletics is changing, and we don't know where it's going to be in the next year or two. So, I don't know about going into the group of five because we don't even know if there's going to be a group of five, right, Daryl? Like that's just the way the college landscape is. I mean, I don't even know what you call them now. I mean, we just call them call them the group of four just because that's what the easiest thing to say is. Yeah, I just don't know. We'll, we'll see when it comes. So I don't know, uh, Martin, I don't know if they, they should consider. They probably are. But, again, who knows if there's even going to be a group of five uh, in the coming years, depending on what, you know, those power four conferences decide. Uh, another question updated of the year accolades. Um I guess, you know, coach of the year right now would probably be Bryce Drew with Joseph Jones right close. Player of the year, Tyon Grant Foster. Newcomer of the year, 
you know, if Dom Daniels wasn't hurt, I'd say Dom Daniels, but I think Ty and Grant Foster is going to sweep both. Uh, defensive player of the year, it's a good question. Um, Brenton Chatfield, maybe, from uh, Seattle U. Uh, Dejuan Gordon, who leads the whack and steals. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, uh, maybe Colin Moore from GCU as well. He's played well defensively. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we do a fresh. I don't think they do a freshman of the year, right, Daryl? No, because they, they don't do freshman of the week anymore. Yeah, so they don't do freshman of the year. So that that award's out. I mean, they did it. La- actually, they did it last year. Kendall Weaver won freshman of the year last year for the men. So um, freshman of the year, man, that's a good question. Uh, if you would ask me a couple months ago, I would have said Braden Housley from Southern Utah. Um. Eric Demings has started more games. Goodness. Uh, Emmanuel Innocente, probably from Tarleton, would be the freshman of the year in my book. So, Daryl, what about your accolades on the on the women's side? Coach of the year, um, I think you go with Jared Olson just because of what he lost and where the Lancers are at. I mean, I, I tallied it out in a newsletter a while back, but it's – the numbers are just mind-boggling. 1,100 and some odd minutes, 130 some odd starts from last year's group, and the Lancers just keep rolling. Yeah, Chloe Webb is our play would be the player of the year at this point with what three and a half weeks to go. Yep. Plus the whack tournament. Um, freshman of the year. If Chloe, I, I, it's either Chloe Lemon or Peyton Hall. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one. To see how that plays out. I mean, <clears throat> Lemon missing these last couple of games may hurt that, but man, she's been so good for CBU. But Peyton Hole's been so good for really good enough in ACU. So it's going to be one of those two. That plays out. It's going to be one of those two. But I, I'm I'm pretty sure they look at the impact that that player has had on winning. Yep. When they go to make that vote, and even though she's missed games and the games she's been available for, Chloe Lemon has had one heck of an impact on this Lancer team. Yeah. Maybe you could give freshman of the year to one and newcomer of the year to the other. Um, probably go that way. They're both newcomers to the league. And I know Chloe Lemon's won newcomer of the week a few times. So is Peyton Hole. So um, tied in newcomer of the weeks. I think it's three. Yeah. Weeks. So maybe you could split that among them because man, they've been so good. Both of them. So with uh, Gia Adams nipping at their heels, right? Right. Now. Right. Yeah. So, That'll be interesting, but that's kind of where we're at with the of the year accolades right now as we get ready to start the second half of whack play. Um, Daryl, any last final words before we end this podcast episode? We've gone a little long, but uh, we had a lot to talk about today. I had to rant a little bit, uh, but anything you want to bring up, talk about, uh, we'll get into previewing games tomorrow maybe a little bit. Okay. Um, I mean, if we're going to preview games tomorrow, then no. Um I just I think we're going to be in for an interesting couple of weeks starting Saturday with that CBU GCU matchup in Riverside, and then um, I had a question in the mailbag about the um, the race to the four seed, and a lot of what happens there is that how ACU will handle that three game stretch of SFA GCU CBU starting Saturday. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. There's a lot of games to talk about. Some intriguing matchups this week. We'll talk about that. 
on tomorrow on Wednesday's episode of the Black Podcast. Remember, hit the like and subscribe button as you're watching. Where I'm talking to my other camera, you guys. I'm so used to it being working. It's not working. It can it cut off. So I apologize. Remember, subscribe, hit the like button, and uh, share your comments with us. We love the interactions. We love answering questions. And uh, we're going to bring you more Stratowack podcast episodes. Like I said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, there will be a podcast episode out. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, not Tuesday and Thursday, excuse me, Saturday. Holy cow, guys, I am off there. Like, I am just losing it right now. Thursday night and Saturday night, we will have whack after, straight out of whack after hours. Make sure you don't miss it. Live streams. We love the last one that we did where we got a lot of questions and uh, things that came in. So um, be sure to like and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the Substack. And again, at Ticketmaster right now or go to whacksports.com slash whackvegas. You can purchase those all session tickets. For Daryl, for myself, everybody enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Straight Out of Whack podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Remember to follow Whack Hoops Nation on all your favorite social media platforms.